0: Welcome back to Adorned Podcast. We are on episode 78, and we are jumping in right in the middle of chapter 6.
1: Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So go ahead, Erin, and give us a little recap
0: of where we left off last time. So we were finishing up um, with the Lord's Prayer and we talked about how some uh, scripture includes that extra little part at the end. And then we wanted to finish there because we felt like there's kind of a little shift that takes place starting in uh, verse 14. So that's where we're picking up today. Still in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, we have this week and next week. And then we will be finishing up our first part of Matthew and jumping into something New and different for Advent season.
1: Yay. Yay. Okay. So verses uh, 14 and 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So that sounds counter gospel. It does. It does. It sounds like you can lose your salvation. Is that what they're saying here? No. Or what he's saying there. (laughs) I mean, he is
0: (laughs) three in one, right? True, true. What Jesus is saying here. (laughs) No. So I think this is a really prime example of why it matters to read verse by verse, because if you were to just pull out these two verses and it would be easy to twist them and be like, look, see, you can lose your salvation. Or Mm -hmm. look, if you don't forgive me, then God's not going to forgive you or twist it to mean whatever you want it to mean. But I, we dug into this a lot um, over the last couple weeks because it is so tricky. It seems it very clear, like, if you don't forgive others, then your father won't forgive you. And it's like, what? That that seems really confusing. So uh, I think the best way to explain it is to not flip the order because we can't switch what the scripture says, but to try to understand it from a place of we extend forgiveness because we've been given forgiveness. And so when we extend it, that's almost proof Of the forgiveness that we've received.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. And we'll see a lot more of this. um, I feel like in chapter seven, Mm -hmm. I feel like it kind of circles back to this idea several times, like this idea of if you truly understand what, what God has done for you, then we will see fruit of that in how you treat others and in how you live your life. Yeah.
0: There was a really good gospel coalition um, article about this and, The author says a fundamental aspect of Christianity is forgiveness. It's the basis of how we are brought into this family. And the Christian understands that they bring nothing to God in terms terms of merit and that they're wholly dependent on grace and mercy to receive a full and complete forgiveness. And he goes on to say that he believes that it's from uh, that understanding that we bring nothing to God and we're completely dependent on him. It's from that understanding that Jesus is speaking here. That if we've received the forgiveness, we should be extending it as kind of proof of what we have received. So it does not refer, just to be clear, it does not refer to losing salvation. Um, I think another example that maybe kind of helps uh, understand, you know, we always say interpret scripture with scripture. Mm -hmm, So is there any other examples that kind of, we could use to explain this and there. I, the first thing that came to mind was in James. You know, we hear all throughout the Bible, like it's faith. Now I'm mixing it up. Ephesians, you know, it says in Ephesians that our salvation is based on faith and in mm-hmm. faith, you know, plus nothing. Y- your works do not save you. But then in James, we see that he says that faith without works is dead. Yeah. And, and so that doesn't mean they're contradicting each other. Right. Just the Bible like, does not contradict right. itself. Yeah. Same with this verse, this Matthew uh, 6, 14, 15. It's not contradicting other scripture. It's just understanding the context and what they're they're actually saying. And and same with James, he's not saying that your your works is also saving you. It's your works are proof that you have been um, that you have been saved.
1: Right. That's good. Okay. So moving on. Um, this is about fasting and this is verses 16 through 18. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces and their fasting may, uh, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. What's Go ahead. The f- I was going <laughs> to ask you,
0: what's, what's the first thing you think of when you read that passage?
1: So when I read it, I always kind of get stuck on the anoint your head and wash your
0: face <laughs> thing. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> what's the first thing you think of? I just, I like when he says truly. I don't know why every truly. time he says that. Like, I just like picture Jesus like Tru-truly. truly. Like, obviously, he didn't <laughs> say the word truly because he wasn't speaking in English. But it's <laughs> oh, just, that's I, true. I don't know. It just like s- makes sound sophisticated. Sounds sophisticated. I don't know. So,
1: <laughs> so um, I get caught up on the, the anointing your head thing. And so, I actually, I was reading the notes in my Bible about that. And it says that this symbolized rejoicing, but it was also part of the first century Jews daily routine, except when fasting. So not to anoint oneself would advertise one's self-denial to a human audience. Mm. So it's saying don't even do the typical thing that like in your culture, they say when you're fasting, you should anoint your head or you should not anoint your head with oil. So that would be so like us people know. posting about it yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. It would be like <laughs> us posting about it on Instagram, us telling, you know, the whole world what you're doing. And um, so I was like, oh, that makes complete sense mm-hmm. now. Um, but yeah, I like how when Jesus is talking about these things, he doesn't say if, he says when. Mm. So he just assumes that you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And so fasting is a discipline that believers should be practicing. And um,
0: We We actually have a
1: whole episode Mm -hmm. on this with Jules, so you can go back and listen to it. But you can fast from a number of things, but fasting from food is a good one because you almost immediately notice your need for Jesus preach
0: it <laughs> i mean
1: within an hour your stomach's growling uh-huh. and you're like oh lord help me <laughs> um, uh so yeah once again it's about what is your motivation um is it necessary to scream or whine from the rooftops mm. when you're fasting mm-hmm. from from um whatever you're fasting from you know and um i mean there this doesn't mean don't tell anybody if you're fasting like obviously like Aaron like if you're fasting like you're going to tell Taylor so if you happen to pass out or something (laughs) he's gonna know or you're not gonna like eat dinner or whatever like it's not saying don't tell anybody what you're doing but um just look at your heart check Check your your heart heart and and see your motivation behind it
0: yeah that's good all right verse 19 through 21 do not lay up treasures for yourself on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither Roth nor m- Roth Roth. <laughs> <laughs> neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there. Your heart will be also.
1: This one's always convicting because it's like, okay, am I really focusing on what has eternal value. Mm -hmm. And I heard Jen Wilkins speak on this and she said, Do you have while others around you are going without? Hmm. And that that was convicting to me too, because I was like, oh, like, yeah, it's just convicting. Mm -hmm. Like I don't even really know what to say about that other than like just think about that for a second. Like are other people around you like going without daily basic needs while you're like going out to eat and dropping $100 on one meal like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just just whatever it is in, in your specific life. Like, th- this is hard. This is, this is hard because it's hard to know where the line is. Yeah.
0: It's really tough. And we've talked about this before, but, like, there's this tension, right? If we know there's no such thing as poverty gospel, mm-hmm. like, God's not calling us every single person to give everything they have and go live in a tent. Like right. God's not calling every person to do that. So I, I don't think it's like, I don't think that's what it's saying by not having treasures on earth. Like it doesn't mean don't have anything any at clothes, all. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and so I think just it comes back to the same thing that we've seen throughout the Sermon on the Mount. It's like, what is your heart? What is your mm-hmm. motive? Yeah. Are you finding your satisfaction in your comfort, in your trust, in your things here on earth or are you looking more like you're saying eternally at things that are have eternal value and it's just comes back to that same question of like who is on the throne yeah are yeah. you on the throne Are is your comfort on the throne are your things on the throne yes yeah yes yeah
1: and um when we've talked before about like living open-handed lives mm-hmm. like I always when I think about that I always think about like my kids mm-hmm. because I feel like they're the one thing that like I have a really hard time like living open handed, yeah. like with my kids yeah. and that means that, you know what, sometimes they're on the throne and Mm -hmm. they shouldn't be Mm -hmm. because I'm not willing to say like, God, they're yours. I'm putting them in, in his place. Right. And so that's just, that's deeply convicting. So yeah, when you read this verse, like it's not all about like physical things. It can be people. It can Mm be, um, you know, your
0: time. It it can be all sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point because, As soon as we let those those gifts that he's given us, like our children or our homes or whatever it is, as soon as we think I couldn't live without this or I Mm -hmm. wouldn't be happy without this, then that's you're right. That's that's Become your treasure. Yeah. And then that takes away the fact that it's a gift because Mm -hmm. you've put your everything into that. And so, yeah. Yeah. It is convicting.
1: Oh, it is. Okay, verses 22 and 23. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness.
0: So what does this remind you so of? So
1: this immediately reminded me of Genesis three. Yeah. Once again, like you are what you behold, right? Mm-hmm. It's this sin pattern that starts with what you're putting in and you keep your eyes on it and, and you focus on it and then it just, it kind of snowballs. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we've
0: seen this theme all throughout scripture. Yeah. I think this has been something that I've been having a lot of conversations with my kids about and even just like conversations with Jesus about myself like what am I allowing here I think of it as like your eyes are kind of like a filter like what Mm -hmm. am I allowing into my heart through my eyes like literally what am I watching what am I filling my time with what am I doing and uh, we were talking about it with the girls because they've started wanting to read chapter books Mm -hmm. and watch more like movies and Just like they're getting older and that's part of growing up and so we're trying to like balance like what is okay for them to watch and what's not and we're really really strict on what what they watch so I'm not saying this is for everybody but my kids are very (laughs) sensitive when it comes to (laughs) stuff like that. They're like their mama. They are, actually. That's <laughs> a good point. I'm like, why are they like this? Huh, oh yeah. I wonder. <laughs> like, we were reading Little House in the Big Woods, which is a wonderful book. But there's, like, one picture on one chapter where a little boy got stung by a bunch of bees. And it's, like, haunted them. Like, mm. every night they're like, I can't go to sleep. I'm thinking about the kid with all the bees. They and don't like, need
1: to watch my girl. Did you ever watch my girl growing yes. up? Yes.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, that haunted <laughs> me too. <laughs> but see, this yes. is exactly why. Yes. So it's like this was a really good as I was preparing for this, like it was a really good teaching moment for them to tell them, like, this is why it's so important for us to guard our hearts and through our eyes and you know be mindful of what we're watching and what we're paying attention yeah. to. Not just because other kids watch it doesn't mean that that's mm-hmm. okay for you. And that's so the same for us. I mean, there's a lot of TV yeah. shows where I like would start to watch it, and I'm like, oh, I should not be watching this. And it's yeah. different for each person, that's so true, but I think it's a good point for us to kind of reflect and, and mm-hmm. think, like, what am I allowing into my eyes that you know that's taking my eyes off of mm-hmm. Jesus, and
1: what's it doing to your heart, like right? Right, where is it causing your focus to be? Like, yeah, it's a good checkpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, verses 24. Nope, just 24. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So I feel like this is just exactly what we've been talking about, mm-hmm, right? Where mm-hmm. are you placing your time and your yeah. devotion?
0: Yeah, I think that's one thing I've heard a couple of pastors say and it's always super convicting. Of Like, look at your wallet and that shows what you serve. Ooh. Like, where you spend yeah. your money is where you, yeah. what you're... what you're worshiping, what you're serving. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, different in every season and different in the ways that God has blessed different people and, and all those kinds of things. But yeah, it comes back to your heart. And I was thinking about this, like actually it came up at life group last night that he was, someone was giving this analogy of, and um, it was really, he was talking about something different, but I feel like it works really well here. It's like, if we think of our walk with Jesus as like a, well, Um, we're either like going towards Jesus as the living water or being pulled back up. There's no like middle ground where you can kind of just hang out. Yeah. And so he was, he was saying like, and I think about this in this aspect, like you're either moving towards Jesus or you're moving away. We're never like stagnant. So if we're stagnant, then we're moving away. Yeah. And so I was thinking about that when I think about this, like you can, you can really only run one direction you can't run multiple directions at the same time you know yeah and so you're either running towards him or or you're not and I think that the fact that he uses money I mean we'll see throughout here like Jesus talks about money quite a bit all the time because he I mean he must have known how easy it was for people to shift their eyes from him on Mm -hmm. to money and so I think he was using that as an example but I think you can use anything else as an example Mm -hmm. too like you can't run hard after more than one anything yeah Yeah. wow that's good yeah I had an ESV note about this verse and it said that um, this he's implying that people often have a choice between activities that lead to greater earthly reward in the present and those that store up greater future reward in heaven Mm -hmm. so it comes back to what we're talking about with like don't lay up treasures for yourself on earth and that kind of thing he's he's really trying to make a point here. Yeah. In as many yeah. different ways as uh-huh. you can.
1: Yeah. It's like the same point, just yes. worded differently. It's like, am I clear? Yes. Do you get Let what I'm say saying? Let me say this again.
0: Yeah. Yep. <laughs>
1: yep. Oh Jesus, you're just the best. <laughs> okay. So verses 25 through 34. So this is a pretty big chunk. How they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added. To you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble.
0: There's a lot. There's a lot. But it made sense to put all that together because it all went together. But I think you know, we see Jesus is making similar points, but he's covering so much ground, right? If we think back all the way to the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, he's talked about marriage. He's talked about anger. He's talked about lust. He's talked about money. He's talked about, now he's covering this, this ground of, you know, anxious and worry. And so I just think it shows how kind and caring that he is, that he, he's not condemning people. He's saying this there's a better way Mm -hmm. there's a better way and yes you know it's turning your life around and putting it in in jesus's hands but there's a better way and it is better for your marriage it is better for your anger it Mm -hmm. is better for your money it is better for your anxiety Anxiety. and that Mm -hmm. how sweet of him to think of all the different ways people were going to struggle with this Mm -hmm. life that he's called us to and then to meet each one of those as he goes through this sermon i just thought
1: that really is a good point because like I, like, I really resonate with this, mm-hmm. with this section, mm-hmm. with the anxiety, but someone else might really resonate with another section, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I like that a lot. I hadn't really thought of it that way, but that, that is just so kind and caring. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, this whole section, like I said, just, I really resonate with it. And I'm not going to actually read the lyrics to one of my favorite songs. Mm. Um, so Ellie Holcomb, I love Ellie Holcomb. She has a kid's album that came out like last year around this time called sing. And she actually, the first song on it, the, the, um, title track she wrote after a Tim Keller sermon that we Mm -hmm. have linked several Mm -hmm. different times about how God sung over creation and, um, yeah, I just, oh, it gives me chills just to think about it. But one of, one of her songs on that album is called Do Not Worry. And it's based on this passage and it is just such a sweet, sweet song. And so we'll link it on our social media this week too, but I'm going to just read the, the lyrics for it because, um, maybe it'll, maybe it'll, um, I don't know, touch your heart today. Like it has mine. See the birds who are singing in the spring air. They're giving everything they need. They don't worry where their next meal will come from. They don't worry about a thing. So just look around you and try to listen to the song creation sings and don't worry. Don't you worry because you're in the hands of the God who made everything. See the flowers in their colorful beauty. They're dressed better than a king. They don't worry about what they should wear. No. They don't worry about a thing. So just look around you and try to listen to the song creation sings. And don't you worry because you're in the hands of the God who made everything. Because you're not a bird and you're not a flower. You don't have petals or wings. But there's good news. You're worth so much more to the God who made everything. So when you worry about today or tomorrow and the storms that they might bring, try to remember that you're in the hands of the God who made everything. Every single thing. Mm -hmm. so anyway I just I just love that song like as I was listening to her album the very first time that song came on and I'm just like in the car like crying because it's just (laughs) such a good reminder like look at the birds like God takes care of the birds look at the lilies in the field he clothes them Mm -hmm. and you are so much more valuable to God than those things so if he takes care of those things he will take care of us too and he knows everything we need he knows what we need before before we know we need it right and we can we can take comfort in that yeah um i also wanted to read a note in my bible on on this verse um about the seek first the kingdom of god part mm-hmm. so it says we are to make god's redemptive rule and a right relationship with him the highest priorities in life worry is inconsistent with this priority it's doubt distracts the, from these supreme goals, God will meet all the needs of those who risk all for him. So Let's worry distracts that. us yeah. from the ultimate goal of seeking first the kingdom of God. And this week is a prime example for me. Oh, my goodness. The last two weeks have been like, whew, they have been something else. And um, I have been so worried about all of these things, like, I 100% see how it has um, distracted me from mm-hmm. kingdom work. Mm-hmm. And I know it's all like, it's all Satan, right? Because like we had a big event Monday night. Mm-hmm. We had a huge event Monday night with women coming for this worship night. And I just felt that spiritual warfare. I mean, the Bible says like, we've talked about it. We're not, we're not battling. Like this isn't a fleshly battle. Like it, it's a spiritual battle. And I have felt it this week for sure. And, and, when I sit in that worry, it distracts me from, from this kingdom work that mm-hmm. I should be doing. Yeah. Um, I did a horrible job this week. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like I did not, um, put on the armor of God. Like I know I should, I did not fight it with scripture. Like I know I should, um, it was a tough week yeah. and because I did not arm myself in the way I know I should. hmm
0: So, so let's talk about that. What do you think, what do you think it looks like practically in our lives for us to, I'm like, we hear this all the time, right? Like, seek first the kingdom of God, seek first the kingdom of God. But like, how do we practically, what are some, if someone's like, okay, I'm going to make that my focus this week is to seek first the kingdom of God. What would be your, like, number one practical tip?
1: I think this was hard. I was thinking through this and I was like, okay, for me, it's hard to like verbalize like Uh what this practically looks like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's kind of seeing everything through that scriptural lens, like everything you do, um, just, just being intentional, Mm -hmm. um, The way you talk to your kids. I was thinking about this last night, actually. I was thinking about what love means. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about how we overcomplicate love because, I mean, okay, this this was the train of thought in my mind. God is love, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus is God wrapped in flesh. So Jesus is God. How did Jesus treat people? Well, then that's how we should treat people. Mm-hmm. We should be kind. We should be c- compassionate. We should be humble. All, all of the, these attributes that we see in Jesus, like that's how we should be treating others. Mm-hmm. So I think by showing people Jesus, by acting like Jesus does, then that is a huge way that we can seek first the mm-hmm. kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think a lot of it um, really hangs on like, how we treat others around us mm. every day. Mm. Um, just kind of as I was thinking through it, like yeah. that's that's what I thought of. What do you think?
0: I think, um, so I remember before Taylor and I got married in one of our pre-marriage counseling things, one of the biggest like tips or advice or whatever they gave us was this, right? Seek first the yeah. kingdom of God. And I always thought that was really confusing. I'm like, you know, because you want to be a good wife, you want to be a good yeah. mom, you want to be a good employee you want to be a good friend you want to be and then everybody says we'll seek first the kingdom of god and those things will come second Mm -hmm. i'm like okay but what does that actually mean like i i I can get on board with that like i i agree with what you're saying but if my end goal is or not my end goal but if i'm like i want this byproduct or you know to be a good wife how do i then seek first the kingdom and i think I think what you're saying is totally true. Like grounding yourself in scripture, I would say is uh, of utmost Mm importance because we don't know how to seek first God's kingdom. We don't know what God's kingdom is if we're not in scripture. Right. right. But I think like prayer is a huge part Mm -hmm. of it too. um, Because it helps us with what you're saying. Like it helps us be aware. It helps us recenter ourselves. It helps us to remember like in this moment with my kids or with my husband or with my friends or whatever, am I living out of myself? Am I trying to gain from this relationship? Am I, trying to do what's best for me, or am I trying to be like Jesus, and I think it's really easy to shift back into our own ways of, you know, how is this benefiting me, how am I going to get something out of this, if we're not recentering ourselves on prayer, and reminding ourselves we're here, like Ephesians 5 says, like to be poured out like Jesus was, and, Mm -hmm. and to, you know, show others what the kingdom is, and Personally for me a lot of that comes back to to prayer because yeah, it's so easy to step out of that unless you're constantly reminding yourself yeah, that that's grounds what you're trying you to do. And you. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good. So we had a lot of kind of application points in this episode. So Uh, maybe take some, one of those reflection questions or think about what it looks like for you this week to really seek first um, the kingdom of God. And we'll be back next week. Okay. So our Bible verse for
1: this week is going to be chapter seven, verses seven and eight. And it says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. And, um, there's another good seed song for that. So we'll be sure to share that with you all and, um, come back next week for chapter seven.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode
1: today is by the incredibly talented Katie Pops.